0: From One World Trade Center in Manhattan, overlooking dozens of golf courses that will never have us as members, this is the Golf Digest Podcast.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Golf Digest Podcast. I'm Ryan Harrington, Deputy Editor of GolfDigest.com. With the LPGA Tour holding the second major of the year this week, with the KPMG Women's PGA of America being held outside Seattle at Sahali Country Club, it seems only appropriate to talk to one of the marquee players on the LPGA Tour. So joining us this week is Paula Creamer. Paula is still only 29 years old, and yet she is a 12-year veteran of the LPGA Tour who has won 10 times and earned more than $11 million in her career. Her crowning achievement to date has been her victory in the 2010 U.S. Women's Open at Oakmont, as well as playing on six U.S. Solheim Cup teams. Paula's fiery demeanor and competitive spirit have made the last couple seasons a little more challenging, with her last victory coming in March of 2014. In speaking with Paula, she is candid about the fact that her play at times has not been as consistent of late as it was at the start of her career. But I think you'll hear in her voice that she remains as committed as ever to continuing to play and return to the winner's circle here soon. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Paula. Well, I'm joined by Paula Creamer, uh, who's taking some time here before uh, getting ready for this week's KPMG Women's PGA Championship. Uh, Paula, thanks so much for joining us on the Golf Digest podcast.
0: Thank you. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Yeah, you know, the the, the major that's coming up this uh, week, it, it's the second year that the event has been run by the PJ of America. And I'm curious, from your standpoint, having uh, played in it last year and then played in it in its previous iteration as the L P J Championship, what's the thing you look most forward to with, with this event?
0: No, I'm definitely looking forward to going to Zahali. Um I've only heard great things about it, and um, I'm I really – think of the event is just taking off. I know it's only the second year, but um, KPMG's done a great job of getting us on some amazing golf courses, and uh, I'm really looking forward to going to Seattle.
1: You know, the storyline for this year on the LPGA Tour seems to have been just how how young so many of the winners have been. I I believe the average age of the winners is a little more than 21 years old. Uh, You know something about uh, winning on the LPGA Tour at a a young age, uh, but I'm curious, why do you think young players have been able to have so much success so quickly this year on the Tour?
0: I I feel like if you ever look at, you know, the strong young players when they come out on Tour, they always play great. Um, You know, I was very lucky in my career. I won a bunch of events early on. Um, you get a lot of confidence. You play very free. Um, you know, there's nothing really going on in your life other than you and golf. And I kind of think that mentality is just, it's, it's, it's very helpful. Um, you're relaxed. You know, there's nothing else that really, you know, there's no other pressures on you other than just going out and you're, you're what you put on yourself. And I mean, obviously the talent is amazing and it's great and it's getting stronger and stronger, but it just shows, you know, junior golf programs are doing a really good job. But I do feel like there's a sense of this freedom with the the younger girls that um, come out. Uh, You know, once you get out there for a little while, life is a a little bit different. But still, um, a lot of the young players have come out and come out really hot at the start. And I think that has a, a big thing to do with it.
1: You know, with with that mindset of kind of just having nothing else going on but your golf and, and being able to focus on that, how do you then take away though perhaps the 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 off actor so to speak? I mean, when you came out on tour, there were so many you know top players out there who had been playing for so long, and I, I'm sure you you know you finally get to the, uh, the the top of the the heap so to speak, playing on the LPJ tour. How do you get over just kind of being in awe of everybody else, and then being able to say, oh no, I can compete against these people?
0: Well, that's what I, I think I what I mean by just saying you have nothing to lose. Yeah. I mean, these are, you're looking at your role models. I remember when I first came out and I'm standing on the driving range and Julie and Annika and Lorena are two and three spots down from me. I mean, it was incredible and, you know, here I am going to go compete against them. You know, I, they're supposed to beat me. <laughs> you know, they're the, the best players in the world and, you know, you have that mentality of, okay, well, let me just do what I can and go out and, and play the best that I can do and I mean, obviously with Lydia, she's just, you know, such a solid player. Yes, she's young, and, but she's just so consistent. Um, you know, that's, it's amazing what she has done. But all in all, I, I, I do feel that, you know, you have this sense of um, freedom, you know, when you come out and, you know, you don't – there are no other extra pressures that are against you. Um, but they're just – the talent is, is incredible. And I've, I really do give that back to, to junior golf. Uh, because that just shows that you know we're we're doing something really good at country clubs or private you know just driving ranges, giving kids the opportunity to to play this great game.
1: Sure. Now, when you now look from afar, are you surprised uh, with the your ability to have been able to? Come, come out and play so well so quickly? I mean, you won uh, in your second start, I believe it was. You, you had so many uh, wins in your first couple of years on the L P J Tour. Uh, were you surprised that you were able to adjust as quickly as you were?
0: Um, Yes and no. I mean, I wouldn't have turned professional if I didn't think I was going to come out and win. I would have gone to college and would have gotten my degree. You know, if I didn't believe in myself, there's no way. I would, you know, my family would have um, allowed me to make that such a bigger commitment to Running professional, just because the lifestyle is is so different, it's definitely not normal. But um, you know, being consistent is is the key. I mean, this is my twelfth year out here, and you know, I really haven't had many highs and lows until the last couple of years. Um, And I think I give you know one hundred percent credit to my team around me. You know, they've always made it just about me and golf. And as you get older, obviously things change. And um, you have to kind of adapt with that, but it's all such a learning process. And, you know, what works for me might not necessarily work for somebody else, and, and vice versa.
1: Was there one big thing that was uh, the most challenging part for you in making that transition from an amateur to the pro game that, similarly, uh, maybe some of these uh, young women have been uh, experiencing but been able to overcome, obviously, as they've had success uh, on, on the tour recently?
0: Um, it is a grind. You know, it's, it's not easy, that's for sure. I mean, living out of a suitcase four or five weeks in a row, you know, it, it, it gets kind of hard after a while, you know, going to hotel to hotel. So really having, um, you know, I was very lucky my parents traveled with me, you know, very, for the first several years of my career to every event. And, you know, they helped that transition. Um, you know, when I came home, I was home. You know, I was able to see my friends. I was able to step away from the game a little bit. You know, still practice is very important, um, but it was learning how to have that balance of, okay, when you're working, you're working, and when you're stepping away from the game for a little bit, you definitely have to get away. Um, and that's something that I think as any professional athlete it's hard to do, but you know that your, your body and your mind need to rest. And the people around me kind of helped me out with that early on.
1: Was there a point in time where you felt, comfortable with that, where you felt like you'd figured out that balance and, and were able then to uh, obviously maximize both your time when you were on tour and maximize your time when you were back home, just taking it easy?
0: Well, I think it's all, I don't think I'll ever know really <laughs> what I'm, I'm doing out here. It always changes, that's for sure, and you're always learning something new. However, I do feel like I know more of what doesn't work. Um, you know, if I try something and, it, and I don't like it, I definitely... Can, can compare the two and, and relate with the two of those types of things. Um, you know, for, for me, I, I know that I kind of need an afternoon to myself a little bit during the week. Um, you know, just me. Uh, you know, nobody else really just like so and kind of collect my thoughts and, and whatnot. And there's um, certain things that I, I like to do in my practice rounds. I like to play the golf course a lot. Um, so preparation is very important for, for me, just peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is interesting, though, as you, as you get, you know, like I said, this is my 12th year out here, and what I do now is, is not the same as what I did when I was younger, but there is no right or wrong.
1: Sure, sure, definitely. How would you assess your play so far in, in the 2016 season?
0: Well, it's been definitely very up and down, that's for sure. Um you know, I, I made a big swing, you know, swing change with my coach Gary Gilchrist, um, in, in the offseason. in December I was with David Whelan for almost fifteen years of you know, my my whole career basically and junior career. So making that change um, was was massive and getting used to just a different style of play with Gary you know has taken me some time, but I, I see so many awesome positives and you know, my results have not shown it, but I have played much better than, than what they are. It's just sticking with it and you know, seeing what what, what what can happen by the end of the year. It's still early in the season.
1: you mentioned switching with to Gary from David, you know, and, and the and the long relationship you'd had with David going back to your days as a junior and playing at at the IMG Academy and whatnot. What was part of the the, the decision making process for you in terms of, of deciding I, I needed to make that kind of a switch?
0: You know, it was never something I ever wanted to do. Um, it, David ended up switching jobs, and, you know, quite truthfully, our schedules just didn't work out like they used to have. Um, and there was – I had no idea that was going to happen. It uh, happened very, very fast, and it was already mid-December, and I needed to make a decision, and I still talk to David to this day. I mean, he's a part of my family, and, you know, there's no way that that would never happen. So there was no animosity. There was no – Nothing bad ever happened. It was just literally our schedules couldn't work out with his new job when when we could work together, um, and and that you know that happens. It was like I said, it was something that I never dreamt in a million years I would have come to. But um, you know, things happen for a reason, I believe. Sure.
1: And in working with Gary, you mentioned obviously some things that you guys have been tweaking, if you will, are changing. Can can you go through a couple of the bigger things and and what you think they might be in terms of helping you progress to a more consistent player here down the road?
0: Well, for sure. Um, you know, Gary not only is he great at you know swings and your know, short game and that, but it's just a lot of mental things that we've worked at on the golf course. Um, you know, kind of bring me back to when I was 15, 16, 17 years old. Now, when I went to the IMG Sports Academy in Bradenton, he was the director of golf there. So I've known Gary for a very long time. He's watched me play when I was 14 years old. So he's, you know, it's not like he's some stranger in in my life. Um, He knows I'm an aggressive player, and he knows that I definitely like to compete, and, you know, I'm kind of a a hothead out there when it comes to things, and he knows that I'm, I'm willing to do what it takes to be the best. And, you know, he's, he's very positive. It's amazing how positive he really is. And it made me realize how negative at times I can be. And that's something that we are really trying to work on. Hmm. Um, you know, I'm a perfectionist. I want everything to be exactly what I come up with in my, in my sure. mind. And if it doesn't happen, you know, I, I'm getting very upset with that. And I let it affect other things. And that's something that we have, really worked hard on and I'm continuing to work hard on, I think that's something that will make a huge difference later down the road with me, especially in majors, especially just in high pressure moments of, you know, I'm a human, I'm going to make mistakes and, and that's okay.
1: You know, a lot of people say that in, in the transition with a swing instructor, just hearing the same thing, but just from a different voice sometimes is helpful. Do you feel a little bit of that in this process too?
0: Um, yes and no, uh, you know, what we've, I, I, every golfer has their tendencies and, you know, for mine, it's my setup and my posture, um, you know, and that, which is, drives me crazy because it's nothing's moving. <laughs> you know, it should be the easiest part of the golf swing when nothing is moving, but it's always been a big tendency of mine to get my weight on my heels or squatty. Um, you know, I, I like to aim way right. You know things like that, and not just create so many bad habits. So, being you know being told this over and over again over the years <laughs> is obviously something that I am very used to. Uh, but just the way that Gary and I have been working on it is a little bit different. And you know I I I know I need to get better at these things, and I know I need to you know commit to them. It's just doing it on a driving range and doing it in the middle of a tournament is kind of where I've been struggling a little bit. Just that relaxing um, feeling, and I have to learn how to, to be able to do it under pressure.
1: Is there something specific with your game that uh, that you feel like you're, you're just on the cusp with, in in terms of once that clicks in, that you might you know you might be back up there. You, you've had a couple top tens this year. You, you, you feel like it seems like from afar again when you just look at the statistics, you're you're right there to a certain extent. What what more needs to happen do you think for it to you to, to, to kind of get over the the hump here and, and perhaps get another win?
0: Um, confidence. you know, just being able to do it, you know, time in, time out, having that good mental attitude out in the golf course. I mean, I really do feel that I'm so close, and it's kind of people would look at me like I had ten heads, you know, saying that just because of my results. But I really am. I need to make a couple more putts out there. Um, you know, and quite truthfully, I feel like I'd be, be right up there. Uh, you know, the, the mental part of it has kind of been a struggle for me a little bit out there. And I need to be able to to overcome that. And there's nothing, no better time than now, especially with the major coming up. You know, you have to be calm and collected and patient. And, you know, it'll be a good test for me. Sure. Uh,
1: Paula, you and I go back a a little ways. Uh, It was uh, 12 or 13 years ago when I I wrote a profile about you in Golf World when you were an aspiring junior player going to school and high school. and. And uh, I'm not sure if that should make you feel old. I know it makes me feel old. Uh, but uh, when, when you think back to that time and, and some of the goals that you had in your mind for what you wanted to accomplish in golf, how much have you been able to achieve and, and how much is there still things that you need to do to, to get to that dream that you once had?
0: You know, it's amazing when I, when you're going through it all, you never realize really what you're doing. Um, you know, you just keep looking ahead and keep making bigger and better goals. And, you know, when you struggle, you realize what you you have done and you realize how hard you've worked for those things and, and whatnot. And right now, I've definitely, I've been able to kind of just reflect on, you know, my play over the last 12 years. And I mean, like I said, these last two years, it's been a little bit difficult of, you know, what I've expected of myself. Um, you know, my life has changed a lot, you know, getting married and having somebody else in my life to, to share. And, um, you know, I have to be, not as quite as hard on on myself, but it is pretty amazing when I look at my career. I mean, I've played on six Bolhaim Cup teams. <laughs> I've had the opportunity to represent my country numerous times. I've you know I I've held a U.S. Open trophy. You know, it is pretty neat when I look at it all, but it makes me want it so much more. And there's so many things that I want to do with women's golf that I am not going to be satisfied in, until I get there. And I'm driven for that. So looking back at my past results has has definitely helped me and motivated me to get back into that really working hard mindset and trying to get to where I want to be.
1: How do you look at, at the state of the LPJ tour right now? Uh, you know, from afar and from our standpoint, sometimes we, we see this as a, as a tour that's really started to to pick up a lot of momentum. Um, that the the uh, the number of events has increased over the course of the last few years, and 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 the competition level obviously is is very impressive with a lot of uh, great international players playing on the tour. Uh, you know, how how strong is the tour now uh, compared to maybe when when you started, and where do you feel it's headed?
0: You know, I think that our commissioner, Mike Wan, has done a great job of getting us more events. You know, we have a very full schedule. I mean, we have 12 tournaments in a row, and there was a year where we had 15 tournaments in a year, you know. Oh, yep. Now we have 12 in a row. Uh, the LPGA, is, it's a great product. There's just so many great girls. There's there's a lot of talent. You know, the thing is, is we are an international membership, but our tour needs to be played in the United States as well. I mean, I'm a global player. I have global sponsors. And I love traveling all over the world. But at the same time, you know, we need to play more in the States and and try to grow the game and and play in the the great golf courses that we have here. And I think that's going to be our our biggest challenge is that in TV.
1: Do you – in mentioning that, I was going to ask, obviously, in, in what ways more could the tour continue to raise the profile? Are there some thoughts that you have in terms of what more can be done to try to obviously get more uh, people uh, watching the LPGA?
0: Well, you know, I think being mainstream is something that, you know, we have to do. I mean, tennis did a great job with that. And, you know, we need to kind of figure out a way. I think that's the thing in general is golf needs to figure out a way. Um, that we can grow the game, you know, it, it takes a long time to play. You know, a lot, a lot of people have that time in their schedules to commit to that, and, you know, let alone watch, um, you know, four and a half hours of, of golf. So I think that's just a big thing overall that we all need to kind of figure out how to spice it up a little bit at the same time as um, just getting more fans, getting more people to, to see women's golf.
1: Since you've joined the L P J Tour, you've been a very visible presence. You have uh, developed a, a huge following out there, obviously. A lot of girls really aspire to be like you, play like you. The the, the Pink Panther uh, uh, motif has definitely uh, caught on with a lot of people. What's the biggest challenge, though, of being a role model to these younger players, and, and how do you try to live up to that, if you will?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it's the greatest thing in the world to have the fan base that I do. I've been so lucky and so blessed that you know, people have stood by my side for, for so long, even when I was an amateur golfer till till this day. Uh, you know, I love what I do and I have a passion for the game. I love to be you know, I'm a proud American. I am an athlete, you know, I just I feel like with my fan base they, they really understand that I, I love the game. I love what I do and I hope they can see that passion and I hope that's, you know, how I can influence these young girls because you know, watching Julie and watching Nancy Lopez, and, and Kathy Whitworth play. I mean, they just looked like they had so much fun. I mean, they were frustrated in, in that, but they were competitive, and that's what made me play the game. And if I have that influence on young girls, then I feel like I am, you know, I'm, I'm winning in all areas because I just I get to do what I love every day, and people come out and they cheer cheer me on, and and they root for me. That's the that's holding the trophy at the end of the day.
1: You've played competitively for so long, and like you said, I mean, you are a, 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 a major competitor in and of itself, which which expends a lot of energy, which which could lead to you know at some point maybe some people thinking, boy, how can I do this for so long? How do you keep your competitive edge, or, or how do you try to make the game still fun and still enjoyable, uh, so that you can go out there and, and compete against, the, like I said, all these new young stars?
0: Well, I mean, like I said, I, I still I love the game. I love working hard. I have goals and you know yeah I've been out here a long time and yes it's you know it is a grind 30 weeks a year traveling all over the world but it's so worth it when you're holding those trophies or coming down the you know the last five holes and you've got you know an opportunity to to win there's just nothing better than that and you know the day I don't get nervous is the day that I've got to rethink what I'm doing and rethink you know
1: just you know why am
0: I out here and I don't think that's going to happen. And I, I hope, I think every athlete hopes that they can leave their career on, on their own terms. Um, you know, and for me, I, I just, that is nowhere near in the future. I mean, I can't predict it, but I, that's what I feel and that's what I believe.
1: What's the best part about being a professional golfer?
0: The best part, I would say, is I, I get to do what I love. A lot of people don't get to wake up every morning and and aren't aren't happy about going to work. I mean, every day is a brand-new day for me, and you never know what you're going to (laughs) get.
1: in the coming weeks as you uh as, as the tour picks up we've got a, a lot of uh, you know the, the schedule is very condensed uh, because of the olympics and whatnot you guys have three different majors i think in the next uh, couple months here how do you uh expect to, to try to spend your time and how do you make sure that you're going to be in, in the, the the as peak a condition as you can be for each of these big events
0: well i have to look at the schedule and just kind of prepare you know what how i want to prepare for those majors and you know, this week Shoprite's one of my favorite events, but I just, you know, I I can't play them all, unfortunately. And you know, I ended up I'm sitting this one out, and I think I'm in I'm sitting out Portland as well. Um, you know, and it, it, it's it's hard because you want to play all the events and you want to support the LPGA and the tournaments, but you just you can't do it all. And you know, for me, it's just a style of golf. I know the holly, you have to work the ball a lot, so I've been working on hitting cuts and fades and being able to place the ball where I want it to, to be. And, you know, I've never really been able to do that. And, you know, that's something Gary and I have been, been really working on. And, you know, obviously the British this year, it's um, not quite the same, you know, link style golf course. Uh, you know, it's a little bit different. So, you know, it's kind of back to our normal golf. They don't necessarily have to be hitting tons of knockdowns and, you know, things like that to, to prepare for that event.
1: You mentioned earlier that that you like you, you've now come to appreciate or realize that you need some time to yourself you know one afternoon or whatnot where where you're alone and, and you can be away from golf and, and perhaps for others and, and whatnot. When you're at that spot, what do you need to do? What do you like to do to just chill and, and, and get away from everything else?
0: I mean I love to work out. so for me going and have a great gym session is, is awesome. Um, I'm such a girly girl. I know I'm a tomboy, but I love getting my nails done. <laughs> it's like my pure happiness. Um, you know, I have my 30 minutes alone in some nail place, and they don't know me. They, I don't know them, and everything is, is just grand. But um, those are a couple of things that I do. You know, my dog travels with me, so it's nice to be able to just, whatever, take him to a puppy park or, or whatnot. Uh, but it is it is interesting, the little things that people take for granted um you know for me it's like oh 30 minutes by myself is, is kind of nice <laughs> to recharge my batteries
1: do you uh, looking on the other side now with uh, as a veteran player here uh, and, and looking at obviously all the young players that have had success here what what's it going to take for the the veteran side to kind of say okay we, we've had enough and, and perhaps put up a, a little bit more of a fight quite frankly against the, the younger uh, players because it it feels right now like uh you know these young young players are coming through and, and just having so much success uh it, it, when you're now in this veteran state and you're looking back at it how, how do you now say okay wait a second uh you know we can still play here too and, and what needs to happen do you think for some of the the you know you and and morgan and some of the other players to come through and and, and show everyone that you guys can still play here too
0: Well, I mean, age is just a number, and quite truthfully, I'm not trying to prove to anybody that I can go out there to play except myself. Um, You know, I am the hardest person on me. People might say things to bring you down. People might have their own opinions and judgments on what you're doing, but trust me, I'm I'm the hardest (laughs) one on myself, and, uh, you know, you can't control anybody else. You have to control yourself, and, you know, life is different when you're 20 and when you're 30. Um, You know, I... I think every person could say that as a, as a human that has gone through that age. And, you know, it, it's just it's very different. I wish there was a book that you could read and it could explain to you how do you do this because, you know, that's why this game is so hard. You know, there's so many things that you have to be great at and especially life out on tour. I, I mean, it's not an excuse or anything, but at the end of the day, you've got to play better. You know, you got to work hard. Um, that doesn't mean you need to go spend 15 hours out in the day in practice. It's just when you practice, it needs to be the way that you're going to go and play. It needs to be productive. It's not all about time. You know, I think when you're younger, it's more about, okay, let's get repetitions in. Let's hit all these different shots so you know. You know, for me, it's more about, okay, each shot is going to be exactly what it's meant to be, what it's worth. That way, you, know, you can go and, and do other things. But, there isn't one answer i really wish there was yeah. but i guess that it would all come down to just playing better
1: well paula uh, i appreciate you taking a few minutes to to talk to us about everything uh thanks so much for doing that and, and best of luck obviously at a holly and in uh, the rest of the season here
0: well thank you so much i appreciate it thanks ryan
1: well thanks again to paula for coming on the golf digest podcast and thank you all for downloading the latest episode If you haven't already, we hope that you'll please subscribe to the Golf Digest podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, if you can give us a review, it'll help others find the show. We also hope you'll tell others to check us out too. So that's it for now. Please join us again next week for another edition of the Golf Digest podcast.